Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. tell us that we should never, two things, never put more on our plate than what we could eat, and make sure you ate everything that you put on your plate. So I'm just going to get to the nitty gritty of it. In our verse, chapter 16, verse 25, it's a very familiar story for us churchgoers. I'll summer, summarize it in a minute for those that maybe don't know about this story. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. About midnight, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. About midnight. I'd like to speak for a few moments and tag this text. When you are in the dark. When you are in the dark. When you're in the dark, sometimes you're clueless what's going on on the outside. When you're in the dark, it's sometimes just you and yourself. Um, when you're in the dark, others can't see what's going on inside. And sometimes you can't see what's going on on the inside. This story that we're talking about, the time of our text, Paul and his band of friends have been doing missionary work and have been experiencing success in everything that they are doing. In this particular chapter, there's a string, if we could say, of conversions that are taking place here where he's at. Here in Philippi, apparently there came a moment where revival broke out. Around verse 13 of this same chapter, you find him that he is having a prayer meeting out in a river and He's seeking God. Then when you get to uh, verse 14 and 15, you find that he has an encounter with a businesswoman. And she invites them to their house. And her and her whole household not only believe, but also uh, get saved and get baptized. And then after the baptism of this one lady and her family, Paul and his group of missionaries that are with him encounter this young girl who has a spirit of divination. She is gifted with that, but she's also property. I could say the Bible's version of a property of an economic pimp who's using her gifts, using her talents to make money for himself, manipulating what she has. And while they're there, this woman or this young girl is attacking them. And finally, by the authority that is in Paul's mouth, she is delivered from the spirit of divination, which causes an economic negativity on the people that had owned her. 
So her master's no longer making money, no, mo no longer making profit off of her gift. And it is at that moment that her master decides to go and meet with the magistrates of that city and have Paul and all his band arrested and charged and imprisoned. They are given directives, they are given instructions to not only interrogate Paul, but they also are given instructions to beat Paul, to beat Silas, and put him in prison. And there they are instructed by the jailer to put him in a cell. By the time that we get to verse 22 and 23, Paul and Silas have been beaten. They have been thrown in prison. They have been shackled by their feet. They have been chained by their hands. Their bodies are bruised. And they have no ability to move in that dark dungeon. I don't know if many of you have experienced in your life, times like this, where you feel that life has been unfair, where you feel that life has beat you up, where you feel that you're bruised and you feel that you just don't have the ability to maybe continue moving on and you find yourself in, in a dark, dark place. See, they threw them in the cell and while they're in that cell, the Bible says that this jailer basically threw him in the inner cell. In the inner dungeon, there's no light, but whatever would penetrate through the cracks of that jail cell. But they are in the innermost part in the dungeon where less light would even penetrate. And while they're there in, in I'm, I'm summarizing the story, and we'll go back in a minute. While they're there, they decide to have church in chains. There are no musicians, there's no bad, as in good, orchestra like what we have. There's, there's no real good, and like way we say, man, that's bad, that's sick, uh, musicians and singers like we have. There's no praise team. They don't even have a sanctuary. They just decided, we're just going to have church in here like if we were in our own church. And sometimes when you're in the dark, when things are not going as well as you would want them to go, sometimes you've got to do the same thing and just have church as if you were in your church with whatever you have at hand to have church with. The Bible says that they prayed and they sang songs and all of a sudden there was an earthquake and the earthquake shook the foundations. The doors of every cell were open. The chains of every one fell off. And they were set free. That's, that, that's the story. That's the story. But let's go back a little bit and let's just look at some of the things that I believe in this story per, are, are pertinent to, to our walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I think we need to understand that nothing in the Bible is there by accident. Nothing in this Bible is just there. There is something that God wants to teach us from what he has put in his holy writ. I think that we need to start 
at the beginning. And I think the beginning of this story is, for me, is at midnight. At, at midnight. See, maybe we need to start there because midnight is a compound word that puts us in the middle of the night. And according to this verse, not only it's midnight, but it also tells us that midnight also in this verse is announcing the beginning of a new day. So you may be at your midnight, which is the darkest hour of the night, but in that darkest hour of the night, it's announcing there's a new day coming because after midnight, you begin a new day. There's a reason why the Bible says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And we must understand that though we are sitting in the dark, there is something brewing. There's something new that God is doing. There's a new day that's about to be granted to us. And we must not begin to just mourn or cry in our darkness or in that midnight but understand this midnight is announcing something new may I suggest to you that when you're in the middle of something it's the beginning of something else hello somebody it's midnight it's the middle of the night but it is the genesis it is the beginning of a new day and it is the time listen Midnight is the time when yesterday dies, today is born, and tomorrow is conceived. It's not the end of everything. Let me say that again. When you're in your midnight hour, it's basically letting you know that the midnight hour, it's that yesterday died, and tomorrow, and, and today begins, and tomorrow is being conceived. God has everything in control, even when you're in your darkness day or your darkness night or in the dark cell that you're in even when you're in the dark God has something new that he's about to show you if we put all the data that we could together there's something about midnight and that is that something new is getting started in the dark. Turn to somebody and say, I know that things look dreary and I know that things look dark and gloomy, but there's something new that God is doing, something new that God is doing in the dark. While Paul and Silas were in the dark, while they were in that inner dungeon, while it was all dark around them, God was doing something new. And it means that just because, listen, it doesn't look any different doesn't mean... It's not getting any different. Let me say that once again. Just because in the dark it doesn't look any different, it doesn't mean it's not getting any different. It may not look any different in the dark, but it's getting different because God is working it out for you. And God is going to give you a suddenly like he did to these people. So, I guess if we could summarize and finalize this whole midnight issue one conclusion, here it is, Vida City Church. Midnight is the measurement of time. Midnight is the measurement of time where a new day begins with yesterday's darkness. 
Let me say that again. Midnight is a measurement of time where a new day begins with yesterday's darkness. You would think that God couldn't do anything with, uh, with the, the, the leftovers. Hello, somebody. Of yesterday. You would think that God would not be able to do anything with how yesterday ended. I want you to know that when you read Genesis, the day does not end with the night. The Bible says it was the evening and the day. The day will always finish with the night. Are you listening? And so you've got to understand when it's midnight, it's the measurement of time where God will begin something new with yesterday's rubble, with yesterday's darkness, with yesterday's mishaps. You ought to thank God that it doesn't matter how messy your yesterday look that's more than enough for God to gather it together and create something new for you and for his glory give him praise right now if you believe God can use yesterday's mess to make something new today somehow be the city church it could be the reason why we find ourselves often in the dark you're not in the dark because it's over you're in the dark because it's about to start. I said you're in the dark because it's about to start. And if you feel that you've been in the dark and you feel you've been left alone and you feel that, that there's no, you see, you don't see the dawning of a new day. Don't let your present situation oh, bring doubt and don't let your present situation think and make you think that, that that's what your future looks like. Again, God can take the leftovers of yesterday, doesn't matter how bad they are, and create something new for you to move forward in your life. Something is about to start. That is the reason why sometimes maybe God hasn't answered your prayer to bring you out the way we want him and when we want him. To bring us out. Because some things are developed <laughs> in the dark. Way back then, when you should take pictures and it had a roll. Remember those that you had to put it in and slide it out and be careful? And you take all these pictures, you take the roll out, you take it to the photo shop or photo booth or whoever. The Kodak booth. You leave that little roll there. Do you remember that? And they would have to take it into the dark room. Because if it was exposed to that light, you'd ruin everything. Any of you ever ruin anything because you always wanted to see what you had taken right away? So they put it in the dark room. So that when it was in the dark, it would begin to develop and then bring out what had been taken and what had been revealed now in the dark is revealed at light and you begin to then they said man these people are impatient and then they started getting those Polaroid remember those those instant Polaroid cameras why because we were antsy and so they would take the picture and then you had to take it and wait a little bit and cool it off till it started to develop because things are developed in the dark. 
I'm here to tell somebody, God has you in that dark situation for a reason. And he is going to develop something great if you could just have patience. If you could just hold on a little longer. If you could just hold on to God's promise, God will reveal to you the breakthrough. And God does not have to take, listen, your preferred atmosphere in order to do something great in your life. God doesn't have to take your preferred atmosphere. Because I know you prefer not to be where you are right now. I know you prefer not to face what you're facing right now. I know you prefer not to go through what you're going through right now. But God is God and has everything in control. And he doesn't have to take your preferred atmosphere. That I wish it was like this. I wish it was like that. God can take the remnants of your yesterday. And he can make something new. And develop a whole new plan that will bring you out and bring glory to God. God you're in the dark because it's a time of development God is developing something God is bringing out something in you while you are in your development moment in the dark somebody say development say development God has you in the dark so that he can work on you and that he could not only work on you, but take you away sometimes from noisy people, or nosy people. Hello. God has to bring you in the dark because there's a lot of nosy people around you. Look at me, not at the person behind you in front. Just, just look at me. A lot of pe no, no, nosy people that hang over your life. They, they, they're, they're nosy people because they want to know everything about you. And it's not because they want to pray with you. It's not because they want to, oh, they don't even want to have a kumbaya moment with you. They just want to know what the next topic is going to be at the next dinner table. God sometimes has to move people from you because they want to sabotage your name. They want to throw a monkey wrench in, in what you're doing for God. So God has to do some things with you so other people won't see. Hello, somebody. And midnight is that measure time where the new day begins with yesterday darkness. It's a time where God is developing you. It's a time where God is wanting to really know what's inside of you. It's a time where God really wants to know if what you say about God is really true. If what you believe about God is really true. If what you read about God is really true. If what you pray to God, you really believe it. Those dark moments are moments of development in your life but also it is a moment of conviction and declaration what do you do and how do you behave when you're inside your dark moment and in your dark season not only is God developing you, but God wants to know what kind of conviction do you have and what do you declare? What comes out of your mouth when you're in your dark moment? You've got your Bible. Read it. It's there. The Bible says that the jailer, jailer decides to put them in 
It didn't say that they needed to be in the darkest room or in the lowest dungeon. The jailer took that upon himself. And he goes and he puts them in after being stripped and beaten and bruised and bleeding. He throws them into the darkest inner dungeon that they have. But apparently, and I'll close with this. Apparently, the jailer had not done his homework. Hello? He didn't do his homework with Paul, Paul, and Silas. Because had he done his homework, he, he would have known, like we read in verse uh, uh, 13, that these guys were praying men. Hello? Had the jailer done his homework and done a background check on these guys, he would have found out that these guys are praying men. Had he done his homework, he would have found out that, that in verse 16 through 18, that there was a, a, a lady, or verse 14 and 15, that there was a businesswoman that invited them to the house. And when they shared the gospel, not only did they, did, did, did they hear the gospel, but they all believed and they were all baptized and they even asked them to stay at their house. Listen listen to where, where I'm going with this. He, he, he would have done his homework. He would have found out that these men are praying men. That they pray to God. They would have found out that these men have authority in the words that they preach of the gospel because a whole family is converted. If he would have done his homework, he would have realized that these guys, Paul and Silas, had just not only baptized the whole family, but they encounter a young girl with the spirit of divination and when they got fed up with what she was saying, with the authority that was in the mouth of Paul and the Silas, they said, get out of her spirit, de uh, uh, demonic spirit. And she was set free. I said, if he would have done his homework. Let, let me try. Lean in a little bit, church. Be the city church. Let me see if I can, can, can help you out. If he would have done his homework, he would have seen that these guys were, were praying men. If he would have done his homework, he would have found out that a whole family of a businesswoman got saved and baptized when she heard them and if he would have done his homework he would have understood that when Paul spoke to that woman that had that spirit of divination and she was delivered are you listening I'm trying to see if I can help somebody the jailer if he would have done his homework last time he would have heard he would have known that these men prayed. Are you listening? He, he would have known that these men spoke and preached the gospel. He would have known that these men with the authority of their mouth could cast out demons. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, if you would have done your homework, jailer, the first thing that you wouldn't have done, you wouldn't have bound my hands. The second thing that you wouldn't have done, you wouldn't have bound my feet. The third thing that you might have not done was throw me into the prison cell. I've got to tell you, if you would have done your homework, you would have found out that the power and the authority that I have was not in my hands, was not in my feet. It was in my mouth. I wish there was somebody here that could tell the devil right now, you got me in a dark situation. You got me maybe bound.
around and I'm not don't know which way I'm going to go but God is developing something in me in my midnight hour and while I'm waiting for God to develop that in me I want you to know that the authority that I've got is not in my hands it's not in my feet the authority that I have is in my mouth I wish there was somebody right now that would just give God a 10 second praise with your mouth and let the devil know that your mouth can give God praise in the midst of your dark season. Paul and Silas could have said, my power is not in my hands, my power is not in my feet, but it's in my mouth. And out of everything that you did to me, you stripped me, you beat me, you bruised me, you made me bleed, you threw me in. You put uh, shackles on my hands and stocks on my feet. With everything and all the hell that I've been through, I could still open my mouth and praise God. You read it. It's in the story. At midnight, they've been beat up. They've been bruised. They've been shackled. But at midnight, they're having church. At midnight, they're opening their mouth. That's all they've got left is their mouth. But that's all they really needed. You ought to tell the devil next to uh, the, not the devil next to you. You ought to tell the devil that I'm glad that I was able to. To come here today devil because I got my mouth and I can praise God you know here's I'm just gonna advance my time is up but you know why it's important for you to praise God because you confuse the enemy let me put it to you in a different way you're in a dark place nobody can see what mess you're in hello they don't know what you're in but if you can use your praise, I'm going to just skip. We'll, we'll do it next week. Listen, if you can praise musicians, you can come up. So just to play something, Pastor Israel is going to come up in a moment to finish this. Listen, when you praise, <laughs> and I don't know, and I can't see what you're in, because you're in a dark place, but I hear you praising. You confuse all the noisy people. Why? If you're praising, I don't know if you're employed or unemployed. Hello? Because normally, if you're unemployed, you ain't going to be praising. When, when you praise God, I, you confuse me because I, I don't know if, if you're sick or you're healthy. Hello? You see, because it's easy. To shout, it's easy to praise, it's easy to do all that stuff when everything's going good and dandy. But you want to confuse your enemy. Praise him in your dark moment. Praise him in your dungeon cell. Praise him when you feel that you're tied up and shackled. But remember, you still got your mouth that you can open and you can confound. All these prisoners are hearing them have church. All these, they're wondering what, what, what did they do to them that is different from us? Because apparently they must be in the jail suite. Because if they were not in the jail suite, they would be like us. And We'd be tied down and we'd be in stocks and we would be in chains and we would be bruised. And you don't hear me laughing and you don't hear me singing and you don't hear me saying praise the Lord. And you don't hear me praying. Uh, where are, are you 
listening, the same people are in the same place with other people. Some are sad. Some are whining. Some are hurting. Some are complaining. Some are mad. But in that same dungeon jail cell, there are a couple of people that say, we're going to have church because we've got our mouth to praise God. I can say hallelujah. I can say God is faithful. I can say God is going to bring me out. I can say God is my deliverer. I've got my mouth to praise God. Listen, I'll close there. Continue next week. But just to give you a little bit of next week. Read it. If you have a chance, read chapter 16 of Acts. And read and underline every time it says, we, us. We, us. We went to Philippi. We set out the cell. They told us and asked us to stay. Read it, read it, read it. But when it's time to go to jail, all of a sudden the writer says, and they took them to jail. What? Come on, Pastor Shadow. What? We were said, we sailed. We saw the miracles. We were asked to eat and stay at the, we, but the moment they get beaten, the moment they are taken to jail, and they took them, they went to jail, they beat them, you need some silences in your life that are going to be with you in the good and in the bad, and you to get rid of the leeches that hang around you that only want the blessings, but when things go tough, you are nowhere to be found got to go home and clear your Facebook page of people that are nothing but leeches wanting to see what's a good story put thumbs up that disgrace God's word and our convictions delete them that's what they believe on that can you imagine what they're saying and think about you but when you're going through the hard moments in life where are they raise your hands for a moment and say thank you God for all the silences that you've sent to my life that were in the good and stuck around me in the bad while I was in the dark and just remember your midnight God uses 